0: Hello listeners! Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast Spiritual Musings, Sometimes Amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Welcome back, dear listeners. That's the part where you say hello, Tracy. <laughs> Welcome. Um, hello. You froze. On my end, you froze. So I wasn't
1: I wasn't ready. The timing yeah. was off.
0: Isn't this fun? <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. Oh well. Well, that's an interesting start. I don't think we've ever done a start like that before. So I <laughs> think we're gonna keep it because if anything, it might make people giggle. <laughs>
1: it's morning it's early in the morning and we're recording we don't usually record
0: this early so you know things are firing up it's all good yeah exactly what else could we expect this time of year and this type of season that we're in so we're here it's a ride yeah it's the 1st of November yeah can you believe
1: that like how quickly this this I know people like, I feel like we say it every year as we get older. Like, I feel like it's just a, mm. a middle age <laughs> thing mm. that you say as you get older. Like, wow, that year went quick. But after, I think, COVID and then 2021, flu, but 2022 has, I think, been the fastest year that I have ever lived.
0: Mm. Mm. It's
1: just like, shit, what? It's November?
0: That's nuts. It is nuts. Yeah. And I don't actually remember
1: much of this year.
0: I don't remember a lot of the beginning of the year. Yeah. I think that's fairly common though. You get to November and you're like all of a sudden the years disappeared. But yeah, mm. lightning speed. We've hit, we've all hit fast forward because we just wanted to, I think. <laughs> Collectively, yeah, we wanted to up, yeah, move. Get out of the muck a little bit. Mm. Still a little way to go, but it's, you know, we're not in lockdowns anymore. And all of that sort of stuff is starting to feel like it is definitely in the past, like we've moved on so much from that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting when I see people now when I'm out in public and they're wearing a mask, like not in
0: <laughs> like doctor
1: surgeries or whatever, and it's yeah. just like, wow, like it's weird now to see people in masks. Whereas Again, it So, yeah, yeah it, it's like how quickly that has come back and how we remember how things used to be. But also um, we were talking about a family holiday the other night and we were, and I said, oh, there's not many places that we can go unvaccinated. That's right. And uh, But you'd be surprised. So they're the um, excuse my dogs fighting over a pair of my undies in the background.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Of course they are. <laughs> Clean ones sure they clean are well, <laughs> I hope they are. no I hope they are the clean dogs ones don't normally go for the clean ones
1: <laughs> just saying oh <laughs> uh, my dogs do my dogs do really Yeah, my dogs do. They'll go for anything that just remotely looks like an undie, but sometimes they'll go for a sock thinking it's an undie and then they'll flick it around for a little bit and then they'll just drop it. So there's, like, random socks everywhere from the clean basket because it's like, that's not undies, that's not undies, that's not undies. Oh, they're sorting it for you. Yeah, they actually, like, obviously all dogs like dirty undies, but Mm. it's just so fucking gross. I can't believe we're talking about these. um, (laughs) We don't have to, but we will continue. They like to get tangled in them. So, they, they yeah, they go around and they put them around their necks. Oh. And they walk around with the undies around their necks, the clean ones. Yeah. So, yeah, it's more of a toy at that point than it is. Mm-hmm. So there's the clean undie toy and then there's the dirty undie toy.
0: <laughs> what more would a dog want, actually? Makes a lot of sense. That's all, that's all pet stores need to sell in the toy aisle is just knickers. They should. <laughs> Should, you can probably really make a lot of money selling them online. Anyway, let's change the subject and bring right. back to... That's not what relevant. we came here for, all <laughs> our listeners. I thoroughly enjoyed recording last week's episode with you all about um, healers, healthcare workers, energy exchange and exhaustion. Um it was great. really was. And I've been in touch with some lovely people having some beautiful feedback and... Um, and that's nice too. It's nice to know that it's landing with people and and we'll continue to do so, I think, moving forward. We're all, you know, we're all walking in those waters or swimming in those waters, so to speak. So
1: Yeah, I think it touched a lot of people, not just healthcare workers and nurses, no, exactly. but it also touched carers, you know, yeah. people who care for family
0: or um, friends yeah. that you know, just don't have boundaries yeah and we all do to a certain extent even if it's ourselves we're learning to care for for the very first time and then others that's Mm. it you know we
1: just kicked off the um spirit plus self-love challenge today actually and
0: yes first of november
1: yeah um and that's it you know a huge part of it it's like what is self-love and self-care and the difference in those and um when something's caring versus when something's loving is a great place to start with that. Um, and when you care for yourself, it's great. But um, when you love yourself, you care for yourself better as
0: well, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It gives you the why so behind if you're it. Not,
1: yeah. And well, also it uh, it does give you the why, you're right. And, but also it it changes the intention and the conscious awareness of what you're doing. Mm. so we can sometimes self-care can just be going through the motions like for example I went and so I had a wedding to go to and I uh my nails looked terrible so I thought to myself I'll go and get a manicure and I'll just get them painted in shellac so I don't have to think about it um and I ended up going in and the lady said uh these these like three nails you could put acrylics on them to match the other sizes of the other nails, the other lengths, and then we can just shellac the acrylics. And I looked over and I've never been an acrylic nail person ever, mm-hmm. in, my, ever in my life. I think I've had them done once and I don't even remember what that, oh, maybe like my bodybuilding competition. I can't remember. Anyway, I've had them done once before. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this nail star and women in droves were just coming in like mm. every five seconds there would be someone standing there can I just get my infills can I get my nails done can I get acrylics it? and it was just this like turn of women coming in and I sat there and I'm thinking oh I feel a little bit special getting my nails done you know like with the acrylics and everything and mm. I get shellac all the time on my feet but never on my hands and, and I'm sitting there thinking this is a little bit of self-care and I looked around and, and I realised how many people were just sitting there in the zone and I thought there was probably a time when they were like me and sat there and thought, oh, novelty. I feel a bit special getting my nails done and now it is every few days they're coming in and they've got to get this nail fixed or this one fixed or this this filled mm-hmm. in or this chip or these this colour change. And it becomes just another habit that absorbs into your life about sort of what you do as opposed to actually intentionally, deliberately and consciously being self-care exercise, Mm -hmm. And that is a perfect example of when your self-love is not a priority, your intention and your conscious awareness and deliberate focus on your self-care is completely different.
0: Mm. The meaning behind, the meaning you place behind why you're doing what you're doing.
1: Well, the time, it's its more so the time that you're spending while you're in self-care. Mm. If you're really doing self-care, mm-hmm. then when you're in that moment of self-care, you're in the present moment and you're experiencing the entire feeling and mm. um, state of enjoying that self-care or, yeah, you know, mean, receiving whatever yeah, that yeah. is.
0: Mm. That makes total mm-hmm. sense, yeah, because it means something to you and you're making... Yeah. You Know you're reveling in that,
1: mm. and mm. so, like, if you get your hair done and your nails done, and you know, you go to the gym, and I don't know, you, you go and buy yourself clothes and makeup, or you do your training, mm-hmm. all those things are great,
0: mm-hmm. but don't count it as self care unless you're being intentional about it, yeah, or or remember, yeah, remember the intention behind it, so it's not like. To some degree, I love it when those things become second nature and become like they're, they're sort of business in usual in bunny years because that's what you've chosen to make your new standard, your new normal. Yes. But sometimes you lose sight of why you did that to begin with. So it becomes another task, or something that you have to do rather than something that you've built into your day because you want to, because it nourishes you, because that's something that you've chosen that supports you rather than oh I've just I have to do this there's such a difference yeah. behind those feelings so and you just and it's easy to forget what, though too like it's easy to forget why you've, you're doing all these things so yeah. I love how you say it's that intentionality and the deliberateness behind it all because we're probably if we look at our day and we look at what we're doing it's why we're doing it and The reverence that we're putting behind it rather than having to change everything it's that that's why I love um well why I found mindfulness so changing for me um it's just being an observer of everything that you're doing without judgment just looking Mm -hmm. at it in every present moment and just purely being present Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. that's right and you when you said it become you. You love that it, it does just become part of your life because it's the standard that you're choosing for yourself, mm. and that that's perfect in terms of the standard. Because if you think about the word care, and when if if you if I was to say, oh, you know, Laura really cares for me, mm. how do I know that you care for me? And, yes, there is so much standard in just who you are and our friendship, but when I'm not well or when I'm stressed or when I'm busy or, you know, whenever there's, it's my birthday or something, there is care that you can physically see and feel. It's palpable. Like it's mm. it's present. It has its own sacred energy and space in itself, whereas I know you care for me as a standard, but then there's caring where mm. it's an active caring and that's because of the intentionality. And so having having your standard of your self-care is amazing, mm. but when you really love yourself, there is an active uh, experience that is that is in real time where you feel cared for as opposed to just maintaining the care.
0: Mm. It makes perfect sense. It's that next, sl- it's the depth to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, cool. So. You- Good <laughs> <laughs> chat. chat. <laughs> I love teasing things out because it's it's great to, yeah like you know so many things land on so many different levels and then yeah I love sort of going deeper with things I hope our listeners do too I hope there's people sure still listening do. right now
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure they do because you and I are just everyday people and so I know that our listeners are everyday people too and just conversations mm. that we should be having
0: yeah love it mm. love it
1: <laughs> so today we're gonna do a little bit of a part two
0: Yes, yeah, and it comes your... into caring as well, and yeah, it does yeah, yeah. Holding space is what I wanted to tease out with you because, um, yeah, it's something, especially when that term's used. Holding space, um, you used that term at me a few years ago now when I was describing to you what I enjoyed about my job and uh, different situations that I found myself in and I think you said something like do you know why you're there do you know what you're doing in that in that time and like and I was like not not really I know that I like it and you just you said you're holding space and I'd never heard of that term before let alone understood what you meant by it I just knew how it felt and why I liked doing it but also what I mean by what I liked it was challenging but I knew I I could do it but then it's that maintenance side of it all like just because you can do something doesn't mean that um that you're doing it um the best way you can and when you're talking especially about energetic work and that sort of stuff I think it's very important to be informed about being more aware of what you're doing where you're drawing your energy from how you can maintain that because you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep others warm
1: yeah so i spent
0: a lot of time learning how not to do that because I thought that was the only way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm.
1: And, and I remember a time when I didn't know what the term holding space meant as well and mm. I was starting to get thrown around and I was like, okay, I had an idea of what it meant but yeah. I wasn't entirely certain that I had the concept.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: my my head's fully wrapped around the concept. And so for those who who are listening who have really heard this term before or might be a little bit confused as well or hazy as to what it means, it's really about an energy space. So when we hold space, what we're doing is, so say if Laura and I are together, um, I would probably very likely be in most times the person with the energy that would be are uh, the strongest or the uh, more sustainable, the the more capable of holding greater loads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's purely because of who I am and what I do and, and my experience, but it's not because of any other reason really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that it means that when I'm with Laura, if um, we are – if Laura is going through something, um, then I will hold space for her by creating somewhat of an energetic, sacred space that's that that allows Laura to feel safe, that allows almost Laura to float and feel held, in order to open up and and experience what it is that she needs to experience in that time. So when you hold space, you can hold space for circle, you can hold space for anyone, just people who just want to talk. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't need to always be um, a, a healing environment or a negative experience. It can actually also be a positive experience when you hold space for someone to to express themselves um, in an artistic way. Uh, but essentially it is creating an energetic literal energetic space that holds the other people or person um whilst they in in if if you weren't holding the space they could potentially be vulnerable and opened up to um to anything really but when you hold space for them it's like you're protecting
0: them while they open up Mm, it's enabling the other person to be more open and also what you just said um about holding space and allowing someone like you feel that when you're with someone you're more comfortable with them or you're more open with them or if you're that person that people always come to to blur at you know i'm That's sure it. lots of our listeners are sort of that empath style that do have everyone it, not necessarily who knows them but you have a conversation with someone and all of a sudden they're divulging to you their secrets and they'll find themselves going I've never told anyone that before I don't know why I'm talking about it all Mm -hmm. but it's wearing if you're not aware what you're doing if you're just subconsciously doing it um it can be really wearing to be that person that everyone comes to all the time
1: that's it and so first of all it's recognizing that that is what you're doing yeah. Um, without re- realizing you're doing it, because it's subconscious, like you just said. Um, and somewhat it's somewhat unconscious in some ways as well, because it is a very um spiritual um tool or gift or ability, whatever you want to call it. Um, because you're so whether you're an empath or whether you're a healer, whatever you are, like whatever you identify with or are figuring out that you're you're starting to identify with um it you might not have ever done anything you know that you deem as you know exceptional or special to believe that you why you get to hold the space for everybody it's like well I'm not like how does this just happen like I haven't done anything to feel like I am the stronger energy in these spaces and that's where we're understanding that that's a soul thing and a spirit thing so that's because your soul has been around the traps a few times and it's strong enough it's mm-hmm. had the experiences it's got it's got all of the energy inside of it that can hold space for most people's shit most people's troubles most people's worries so you know in in my life believing that this is potentially my last if not second last life on earth like you know incarnation on earth um, I would believe, and I do believe that my soul has experienced a shit ton of stuff <laughs> on on all the spectrum, from really beautiful joy and bliss and euphoric all the way through to complete and utter devastation and just destruction. And so I feel that that that, that is why I'm able to hold such a such a range of space for so spectrum. many different people, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and so when a lot of the time when you find yourself being that person that's holding space, um it there might be a few things that you can start to recognize that don't generalize it. So don't just think, well, why am I always the one that people come to? Start having a really conscious and deliberate um think about the the problems the the flavor of the problems or the flavor of the people or the environment Mm -hmm. that these people um, are sharing because what you might find is that it's on a certain vein or Mm -hmm. on a certain channel or topic or subject as opposed to everyone so it might just be that you seem to be the person that holds spaces for everybody's relationship problems Mm -hmm. not everybody's health problems money problems um body problems whatever it is specific to relationships you know you you might find that you're not holding space for it all and you're not always the one people go to so try to watch the language as well when when we say always or why why am I always the one why is it always me um it, it's not most mm-hmm. of the time it's not uh and so when you're in the health care industry whether it's the nurses that are listening or doctors or Anywhere in between carers, um, I don't want to discount the carers. I was thinking about that after yeah, last week and I'm caring. like, oh. Because yeah. there's so many, like I've got clients that are
0: in aged care mm-hmm. um, and special needs care and it's mm. those people too, you know, it's, that work yeah, in all, the healthcare yeah, industry. absolutely. Yeah. I think we did mention that. Did yeah. we? I think so. I think we talked about carers in general. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when
1: when we generalise what we're doing is we're kind of, we're not, doing our not our job but we're not holding space effectively yes there is the first of all you know being aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. and and why you're here to do it which we sort of covered a lot last week but when when you start to put that self pity or that self sympathy mm-hmm. um and you start to hold space for yourself um that's when that's when things start to get a little bit more mental and emotional for us Mm. and it's a slippery slope um gosh yeah and and what I see you know personally because I've spent a lot of time in hospitals um for myself and for my children and when I say a lot of time nowhere near in comparison to what so many people go through but I've, I've I guess that when I'm in there I I have been in there quite a lot. And when I'm in there, I'm very present in there and I'm very aware and I'm really watching, seeing everything very much. So, um, and a lot of what I see is nurses. Um, a lot of the older nurses, the ones that have obviously been around for a while, they carry it. They carry a, a fatigue Mm. and, that fatigue is a combination of a lot of things, of course, but one of those things that probably kicked it off would have been that self-talk and the term always in their mind um, and that um, that not the martyr kind of complex because it's, you know, all healers have a little tinge of it, mm. have, a, have a, a couple of dro- extra drops of the martyr in the mix. Um, but it is that putting putting myself last for others first and it's just a part of their humility, but at the same time when you start feeding that um, energetically, it's it's very expensive
0: when it becomes subconscious. yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I think any carer um, broad spectrum term, that um, that characteristic of altruism, is Mm -hmm. thick and on one hand it is um something that draws you to whatever you're caring for but on the other hand it can be so toxic if Mm -hmm. it's left at that subconscious level it's that burnt chop syndrome you know yeah and Mm -hmm. that's when it doesn't help you yeah Yeah. it's not helping you it's not helping anyone else
1: yeah and a lot of the time because of the hours that uh carers work There isn't a lot of recovery and downtime and restoration time. Um, And when they sleep, because they're likely, like almost 100% likely, not uh, cleansing, grounding, and protecting themselves, um, they're not getting their own human healing that they need in order to continue. And it doesn't take long for that to empty it doesn't take long for it to completely run on nothing and then that's when the self-talk comes in and then that's when it comes becomes subconscious and In other words, that's when it becomes emotional and then when we're emotional, then that turns into our action and then very quickly it becomes a vicious cycle, which is why I believe so many nurses and doctors and carers in the first couple of years will experience their burnout very quickly. It doesn't take many years for them to burn out. It happens very quickly. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Even faster now. Yeah,
1: because they're going in full pace, full speed ahead, ready to go, charging, and then, like, excited, you know, to, to be serving. And then mm. when they get there, it is met back with a full pace load of people and and demands and, um, you know, lots of constraints and rules and restrictions around how they can move full steam ahead and they've kind of got to stay in the lane and manage their energy as they move forward. Um, and that that's all, like, you know, it's making me feel – concerned and tired just thinking about it because it's like it's like saying I want to do like I don't know if like Alisa's or if you can remember like back in primary school when you used to do the cross country Mm. and like if you didn't know what you were doing i.e. me um (laughs) then you know I never wanted to win cross country and I hated running and I still do but that you have those kids that will like be so fast out of the gate and they'll be the leader of the pack But then get to like 100 metres down the track and they're like, (gasps) and and they've still got another however many hundred kilometres to keep running and there's nothing left. And that's a lot what it's like in in the healthcare industry around the the newbies and the, you know, the, the green the green um, carers who kind of they come full speed out of the gate, whether they believe it or not, they are because they're excited and, and this is their this is their purpose at that stage. And they come with a sprint and they're met with an uphill. So it's not just a sprint that they're ready for but they're also met with an equal of their their energy. So the law of cause and effect comes in. So the cause is sprint unexcited, excited, the effect is going to be cool. We've got a fuck ton of shit to throw at you as yeah, well. It's a lot. Yeah. It is. So by the time they get to the top of that mountain, at the at the be- at like every shift, at the end of every shift, they don't even want to go down the mountain. They just want to sit and not come down the mountain, and a lot of the time, it's not learning how to come down the mountain at the end of each time, and to be able to uh, pace themselves and sustain their energy, and recharge their energy, and rest and recover. It's more just drop, not drop dead, but you know, drop to your to your feet and your knees because you're exhausted, and then um, what you're doing whilst you're going down the hill is thinking about going up the hill and you're not even thinking about the things that you should be thinking about when you're going down the hill. You're thinking about going up the hill Mm -hmm. and what you just had to do. And so before you know it, it's time to go back up the hill again. And you actually never had a downtime. Mm -hmm. Physically, it looks like you have, and the world may think you have because it was your time off and your shift had finished and you should have gone home and rested and ate and had some time but you don't because you're thinking about the uphill.
0: yeah, and because of all the other bits of life that you've got in between a job. Yeah,
1: exactly. you know, if you've got kids or other people that you have to care for at home, yeah. like I know a lot of um, care like doctors and nurses and and carers in in their career, when they come home, they also have people that they need to care for.
0: Mm. You know, they have children, they have elderly parents,
1: Mm. correct. It's just that instead of being called doctor or nurse or carer, you're being referred to by your first name or love or darling or mum
0: or dad. Anything. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, and I think that's why I was really keen to do these episodes. It's really becoming aware of everything that you're carrying, realising that you don't have to carry it all the time and becoming really more uh, conscious of what you can do to yeah. care for yourself, and therefore care for others.
1: That's it. Yeah. And for holding space, you know, if if I was a healthcare worker, I would have a a ritual for you know, lack of a better word, but also maybe like a. um, a step-by-step process, um, that would be what I would do before I got to work. And when I got to work, when I finished work, um, and it would just be a part of my job. And mm-hmm. my why would be because at my core, I'm a healer and I'm here to, to help people heal, whether I am holding space while they heal or whether I am being the person who facilitates the healing, Or being the person who initiates the healing or discovers what it is that needs to be healed wherever i sit in that Mm -hmm. i know that i am i am a healer coming in and i can't be that person i can't be that person's healer for everything but at this point i'm going to be and so and and that is something that i see as sacred but also thing that i am honored and humbled to to be in that position at that time to do You know, I am an expression of the oneness who has the ability to help this person heal. Mm -hmm. And so I take that extremely seriously. And so I will reaffirm that every single morning or at the beginning of every single shift, obviously there's shift workers, so I would reaffirm that every single time before I start. And then I would understand deep in myself as in a, a conscious, intentional and deliberate awareness I would probably just do some breath work to make sure that I was regulating my nervous system mm. and making sure that my subconscious wasn't running the show, i.e. my emotions weren't running the show, but I was aligning myself into a into the into the person that I need to step into or the hat that I need to put on and make it very deliberate by stepping into that space. Um, where this is my, my role to do, but I am not that Mm -hmm. role. I am stepping into that version of me. And when we talk about purpose, just very quickly, you know, I I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. We don't just have one purpose. We have many purposes and you are not your purpose. So don't ever think that like my purpose here is to heal and be generalized with that because it is not true. It is actually a very, um, it's a very, uh, without being harsh, it's not a very woke or it's a very unevolved way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of ego involved in it, whether whether it, it makes sense or not. There is a lot of ego involved in that. So
0: nothing is ever as clear cut as that either. Yeah, correct. There are yeah, so too there's, too a lot many in it. Yeah, there's a lot of colors for just in this it. one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then I
1: would um then what I would do would be visualize. I would visualize a literally an energetic space that I open up around myself. Mm. And I would say only allow what's for my highest good to enter. So that way I am not my, my physical form as Tracy, but also my spirit and my energetic bodies are not going to hold on to what is not mine to hold on to. Mm. Um, so only allow what's for my highest good to enter. So, you know, there might be interactions with certain people where, like we spoke last week, you know, there is an exchange that just because the person in the bed is the sick one or the vulnerable one doesn't mean that I'm not getting anything so I want that to be able to enter and so before I go into a mediumship circle I will say guides of the highest truth and compassion please work with me and through me to best serve whoever it is and so that compassion element is really important for me Mm. Um, it might not be but I feel it should be. I um it might not be as important to other people because you're not necessarily stepping out of your conscious awareness like what I do when I go into a mediumship because my Tracy consciousness kind of steps out and that's when Stacy comes in. The consciousness aspect of it allows me to be relatable, but it also allows me to not be a bitch and not <laughs> and allows me not to be harsh or um. Cruel cool or black and white or dry when when what I'm doing is dealing with people's emotions so yeah. compassion is extremely important because a lot of the people that are sitting in that vulnerable sick position are in their subconscious space you know they're in their feeling and their thoughts are a slave to their emotions and their body's pain and suffering
0: yeah and so, words are so powerful and you correct. say the wrong you say something the wrong way it has everlasting consequences. Compassion is definitely a word that's used in the healthcare industry so much, especially with respect to how you approach and care for people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So
1: when, when you open up that space, then that sort of energy center around you, think about it like sprinkling in a little bit of compassion, sprinkling in a little bit of tact, sprinkling in a little bit of Um, whatever you know whatever it is that you want to sprinkle in maybe it is sprinkling in a little bit of humor sprinkling in a little bit of um, discipline whatever it is that you feel that you need inside of your sacred energy space Mm. and that way as you literally move around the hospital or around the facility um you are in this container this little cocoon of What you are controlling, what you're being deliberate and conscious and intentional about, Mm -hmm. your
0: own recipe. (laughs) Correct.
1: And what you do, in effect, then is vibrate out. Mm. Rather than if you don't create this little bubble or space, what happens is you will vibrate in. Mm. So you become more like a magnet that is attracting things that you need or things that you don't need Mm -hmm. um, and they're sticking to you and that becomes really heavy. Mm. So we want to push out rather than pull in. Mm -hmm.
0: So it always goes one way or the other. You don't have this continual in and out. Well, that is where
1: only what's for my highest good can enter. Yes. So that can flow
0: in and out. Yep. But so long as your date being deliberate about yeah, it all.
1: Yeah. yeah. That makes but, sense. Yep. But the day-to-day, day, mm-hmm. you know, the day-to-day day kind of mechanics of being in the healthcare industry, mm. that doesn't need to flow in and out of
0: you. Mm. That should be yeah. quite habitual. And, and it, I like it. Um, this is your ritual for beginning and setting yourself up for the day. Can I talk to you yeah, a yeah. bit about... Um, the resilience because it makes total sense that if you're doing everything you can to set yourself up and being more mindful and conscious about how you're doing that which thanks so much for sharing that because I was just picturing it and um yeah I do not do that more days than I do do that mm-hmm. <laughs> um and that just comes down to being purposeful and deliberate each and every day um but when it which comes is,
1: to sorry I'm going to quickly yes. interrupt which is you're going to be, everyone that's listening that, that this is applying to, is going to now be your new standard yes. of self-care because you love yourself.
0: Yes, that's why you're doing it mm-hmm. every Sorry. single time. No, Continue. please. Thank Resilience. you. Resilience, Awesome point. So when you do um, come up, so in the healthcare industry, I'm just going to go right into it, yeah. uh, especially as healers, In our own human experience, we're so death adverse and in the healthcare industry, um, any critical incident that has an adverse outcome, the way that we see it, more often than not, um, is the failing rather than, well, that's what needed to happen. Or as a healer, you haven't, in, in one sense of the iteration, you haven't helped because you didn't get the outcome that you wanted because, let's say, someone died. So, um, you know, there's it's a huge topic with respect to you can't always keep everyone alive. It's time to go. It's time to go. But when you're resilience wise, when you're met with that, what are so? how can you maintain this beautiful vessel that you're just learning to carve out and create for yourself? in face of adverse events, how do you become more resilient? And what's a good way to work through those times that will happen, are supposed to happen, but feels so like so much like a failure. Mm-hmm. And heavy.
1: Heavy, yeah. Yeah. So there is a formula um or yeah, a formula or a um a strategy where the meaning that you give something equals the emotion you feel which equals the action that you take and so what i would do in this situation would be to give it a meaning immediately that is going to equal the outcome that i want so the outcome is going to be okay so let's use you as an example and then mm-hmm. i'll apply what i would do if i was you so let's go to a time back when when this
0: happened to you Okay. Um I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There's there's people, there's lots of people have died. Yep. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so
1: what was the outcome? So when you got home mm-hmm. at the end of that shift. Um how how did that feel for you? Like what did you
0: do? Um I was very withdrawn. Mhm. And somewhat um, I felt two main things. One was sort of ashamed and one was angry. Okay. Yep. So. And that wasn't at a personal, those feelings weren't directed at myself. It was directed at the environment that I worked in. Okay. So
1: withdrawn is the outcome in a physical sense so the physical manifestation of that experience for you is that you appear to be withdrawn correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um how did you sleep
0: oh I don't think that I did to be honest that first night okay. maybe like in and out you know yeah yeah so we have to think about to unwind
1: Yeah, so these questions are discovery questions and clarifying questions to understand what your physical form was doing Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: that's what I'm concerned about um, Mm -hmm. as the result because if you're caring for your physical form, which we need you to be in a top, tip-top physical form in order to be able to be a healer and Mm -hmm. serve your purpose, um, you're not sleeping, you were withdrawn, you probably couldn't eat dinner that night. No, no. Um. You probably maybe were holding tension in your head, in your forehead, mm. and in your neck, and in your mm. in your shoulders. So you were probably quite tense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we think about the physical form, this going back to going up the hill, how was your downhill?
0: You mean going home that day?
1: Yeah, your downhill was tense, headache. Oh yeah, withdrawn, mm-hmm. not hungry. Not drinking, not tired,
0: no intentionality about it, just really emotionally driven. Responsive. Yeah. Responsive.
1: So what we want to do and we don't want to be thinking about emotions just yet, but what we want to do is write like write down and think about think about and write down literally all of the things that you did physically. Mm. And that is the outcome. So that is the outcome, whether we choose, whether this is making sense to anyone or not, just yet. Bear with me. That's the (laughs) outcome. Mm -hmm. What outcome in an ideal world, what outcome would you prefer? if Being in the role that you're in now, what outcome would you like to see for someone who today is experiencing what you experienced that day?
0: Oh, um, clinicians to have a such a deeper level and understanding of not only how. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Just yeah. the physical. They're oh, okay. Talking about the physical, physical for now. physical. Yeah.
1: Physical. So when they get in the car and then get home, mm. what, what do you want their physical? So you didn't sleep, didn't eat, didn't drink, had a headache, withdrawn, mm. mind going a million miles an hour. Mm. if you could rewrite that same thing happened mm. at work mm-hmm. but if you could rewrite the way that you experienced that physically what mm. would it be
0: it's so hard to be able to um individualate them out because they all yeah. tie yeah. in together but physically um it would be great to do something completely separate from what you've just done like whether or not you walk before you go home or when you get home you walk like you do something to physically break it up if you're not if you don't have an appetite then that's fine because and if you can't go to sleep then deliberately do something to unwind physically if we're just talking physically which is why I think walking yep. or, or just something that that ends that time in a real uh-huh. physical part um and then allows you to become back aware of what's going on in your body, like feeling everything that's going on in your body on a physical level rather than just unconsciously not sleeping. Just go, okay, I'm not tired now because I'm so wound up. But That becomes more conscious Mm -hmm. and then more thought rather than physical, but they're so Mm -hmm. linked, you know.
1: Yeah, and they are. So stick with me so let's just say that the ideal situation is that you could get some um some physical um release um but also give yourself some physical um some physical love so whether it's walk or a yoga mm. class or a run or some sort the of stepper space. machine or yeah. lifting lifting mm. weights or something that just allows you to move in a different way mm. and be alone and and just have a have a space where it's a it's a physical exertion and release so things can move through you.
0: Yeah. And they call it um the third space. I don't know if you've heard no. that before. There's some TED Talks on it, and it is opening up a physical space, but it's more of a um just an intentional space between a role that you do, say professionally mm. and a role that you would do privately or personally. Just opening up a third space where there is an in-between where you let go of one, you start the other and you yeah. really you do that intentionally. Um, but from a physical aspect, even if like I'd hate I hate when I hear podcasts or people say, you know, go and have a workout. It's important to um you know to be physical with your body, it is, but some people can't do that or don't want to do that. So more just being aware physically that it's your body and your body does need to move, but that can mean so many things for so many different people. And even having a cup of tea if you haven't had a bloody drink all day is looking after your physical body. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Okay, so some form of physical um body awareness mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then ideally physically you would be able to go to sleep mm. and ideally physically you'd be able to have dinner or breakfast or lunch whatever it is when you get home Wherever you and are. I, yeah and ideally physically you'd instead of being withdrawn you'd be able to talk mm-hmm. whether it is about what happened or just engage go out for dinner family. with friends yeah yeah, yeah. So ideally, in an ideal world, it would almost be as if nothing had happened physically. Yes. However, because something has happened and it's very real and we're not spiritually bypassing or being very toxic in just completely eliminating something that's happened, that yeah. would is quite significant. Um, though the sleep, the eat and the talk and the the body um, awareness would obviously just be slightly modified. So the talking wouldn't be a normal conversation, but it would still be talking effectively. And the eating might not be your usual meal, but it'd be something that is what you know you need, like nourishing, Mm. whether it is just a smaller plate or whether it's just a different way, like a smoothie or a protein shake instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the fancy dinner that you had planned. Um, and the sleep might not be as effective as it normally would, but, um, you still get to sleep and you, you understand the value of your sleep. So, when we when we think about what the ultimate result that we want we're not just want to make sure that people aren't thinking that what we're trying to get is as if this has never happened it's just mm-hmm. it's obviously going to be a modified version of these results now if you're going to have that as your result then how must you be feeling if you're going to if you're going to be able to get to sleep have something to eat maybe talk to a friend or a family member or a spouse or whatever or, you know, a complete stranger online. Um, and if you're going to be able to feel into your body in some sort of way, how must you be feeling?
0: A bit more accepting.
1: hmm mm. And so if you're a little bit more accepting, then what must you be thinking? What's the meaning that you've given it?
0: Um that it's not all on you, you're part of the story, you're part of a process, but it's not yours to carry, it's not yours to own, you're accepting the whole process. That's it. And,
1: you know, we, we this is obviously a very impromptu, unplanned little workshop, mm-hmm. Um, but we would go deeper into that and we would talk about how, um, it's that other person's time. Everything happens in divine time. That actually, there is a soul contract that's played out for you to be there. And if anything, that could be the only reason why you were there. It was never meant to heal or to save this person's mm. life, or for, and the outcome was always written already, and it was always going to be the outcome regardless of what you did, mm-hmm. regardless of what you did, or whether mis- or- whether mistakes happened, whether yeah, exactly. there were you know malpractices yep. or things that went wrong in our, the other eyes, in our eyes in our judgment mm-hmm. regardless of those things there was a reason why they went wrong mm-hmm. because this person was supposed to die at that time mm-hmm. and the soul contracts if you um if you have a soul contract sometimes part of that contract is that you are present at the birth and present at the death which we've spoken about before yeah which you know why so many healers like first responders, paramedics, and um you know um fire oh my god I just had a complete blank I was about to say fire engines <laughs> you know um firemen and women and and you know people who are quite often rescue c- crews mm-hmm. or you know SES, those people who often are at on scene at, mm. you know terrible accidents or tragedies um if anything the only reason why they were there is because part of the sole contract is that I will be here at your birth or I will be here at your death mm-hmm. um and that could be the only reason why you're in that room and any other reason that you have ever, any other meaning that you have given with your judgment yes it's your it's your story it's your perception it's your ego it's your training it's your understanding it's 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 you determining what should have been different what could have been different or how how it could have been Mm. that's you and that person's death ultimately at the very core of it has nothing to do with you Mm -hmm. every single time regardless of if you then have to get called up to the directors and the medical board because of what appears to be malpractice or what appears to have been and I I get this but that's all happening for a completely separate reason
0: yeah unless it's you doing the malpractice that's a completely different issue yes which we're not going to go into no exactly yeah very
1: layered but Mm. on in an and I hate to say ordinary, but in an ordinary. Yeah, um, and
0: big view, like yeah. eagle eye view of how all the chess pieces fall and how everything plays out. It's never individualised. Never. It's our story, like you were saying, and I think yeah. for a very long time, um, yeah, I wasn't even aware of the judgement that I was in because, like you were saying, it's the training, and especially in healthcare, you. doing everything to prevent and to prolong and to sustain and to increase quality and you're always thinking with that hat on as well like how can we make it safer how can we prevent how can and you know um when you are able to separate yourself out of that where yes that's the environment that you want to promote because that is the safe environment but then you have to step out of your judgment to be able to work in that environment but not personalize it not realize that it um and then realize rather it it isn't all on you you know it's not well yours yeah
1: I mean yeah it, it's not yours personally yeah. you know you are not your job so yes if, if your job is not the greatest day yeah that's not you yeah whether you're a healer a hairdresser a postman or a garbage man like Mm. it your job is not you it's not on you yeah especially especially if you know that you know in in yourself that you didn't intentionally do something wrong you know which is probably 100 percent, 99.9% of the
0: time being able to separate you got to be accountable it's all of that and before when I was talking to you about how I felt ashamed and angry yes that was not um personally directed no at me but at the time I don't think I was even aware that it wasn't it wasn't until conversations with you in the past because this is a little while ago now and we have unpacked it previously but I don't think on the podcast yes. um I was really ashamed of the of the failings of the system that I've worked in I was really mm-hmm. angry at that as well and I wasn't able to see it in a different perspective until we'd had a chat about what I was angry at what I felt ashamed at and how that's that wasn't mine to carry it was my judgment of how things could have been different yeah and they couldn't have been but when you do work in the healthcare industry and you do reflect on how things could have been different all the time and that's how you learn and make things better it becomes very tricky to separate the two yeah yeah it Mm. would and um and that's very fair Mm. and Uh, that's the changer though too to be able to be more resilient is just that gift of looking at it in a different way in the big picture
1: yeah and you know personally I hate the word resilience it is Mm. not a word that I am friends with Mm. um and I understand it's it's necessary, especially um, in the industry that you work in, to use that word because it encompasses what you need it to encompass. Mm. But resilience sucks. The fact that we need to be resilient sucks. Mm-hmm. And resilience only exists because, you know, resilience really only exists because we, we, are receiving something that we feel is heavy that we feel that we need to be burdened with in some way shape or form um that we that we believe that we don't deserve to be burdened with so like for me resilience is such a human thing which we're all humans i get yeah. it but you yeah. know from my perspective it's such a human um concept in terms of like really Mm -hmm. you know if you that there there's the universal laws and then there's your spirit and and what your soul has to evolve through and Mm. that's it Mm. and if you're being a dick then Mm -hmm. you're gonna be prepared to get some dick you know Mm -hmm. and that wasn't (laughs) in the best way possible (laughs) you know (laughs) you know if you're if if you're a kind person and you get dick, I bet you at some point in time, you're probably not as kind as what you think you are or what people believe you are. It is all relative and it is all based on the law of cause and effect, whether it is in this lifetime or a past lifetime, whether it is directed at the neighbor or someone from five years ago or a complete stranger, it will come back to you all, all of it does eventually. And mm-hmm. so resilience for me is almost like, well, when it comes back to you and you believe that you don't deserve it to come back to you, then let's create some resilience to hold on to this space in between of what you believe you shouldn't be having. Bullshit. <laughs> I call bullshit. Every, everyone gets what they, what they have equal coming back. It's impossible for it not to. It's just the way that we see it mm. and the way that we perceive it. That's all. Yeah. So, resilience is, is a funny one for me, but if you realize these two things, one, you are not your job. Even mm-hmm. as a healer, you are not just a healer. You are not here just to heal. It does not make you a better lover, a better mother, a better father, a better friend, a better daughter, a better son. It does not make you those things things it is your job if you let it choose to be your job and if it is your job then you need to prepare yourself for your job just like if you were a sports superstar if you were a basketballer that played for the NBA or an NRL player or a grand slam tennis player like if you're Serena Williams or Rafael Nadal if you're these people you have a job to do That you must prepare yourself for in body, mind, and spirit. You must align yourself and prepare yourself to serve in that way. If you are choosing to work in the healthcare industry as a healer, you must prepare yourself to perform at that job. And most people are not. Not
0: from all of those areas. I mean, you spend x amount of years training. Correct. Mm-hmm.
1: Their training is not does not include that.
0: Yeah. And also um, it's one thing to learn things during your training period and another to actually go out and listen and learn and listen and, and be move through things. And having and that emotional intelligence that you build up to be able to allow yourself to be a learner and allow yourself to grow and open there is such a um learning process, so a learning pattern associated with everything where you know it's a really uphill and then you realize this is all fucked I'm never going to know anything and then you there's a bit of despair and then you realize I know a little bit but I'm okay with not knowing everything and now you think you know everything when you first go out you know it's having that emotional intelligence having to have that oversight and I think that's where resilience comes in as well um or the the concept of it is um is that emotional intelligence but I think it was last episode you were talking about you know frontline workers or carers or people working in environments where you do tend to be more exposed to a higher level of trauma than what say the standard norm would be and just acknowledging that what you're seeing every day isn't really normal to what other people would see every day so So just treating yourself with a level of observation that acknowledges that and lets it go not holds on to it and like you're saying if you're choosing to do that work then you have a responsibility to be able to look at it from that way and let it go Um, because it isn't normal and you shouldn't have to be okay with it and it shouldn't unchange you, you know. You go through so many things that will change you and will have a lasting um, effect. And it really saddens me when I hear a nurse go, oh, but I should be able to just put up with that because Mm-mm. otherwise I'm not cut out for it. I'm like, well, no, that's not correct. If if you're not upset right now, there's something really wrong with you. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you're um, not affected by this, yeah, get if out you're of thinking the that job, I should just have to yeah. put up
1: with that, um, yeah. or I should just be able to deal with that. Yeah. There should be no shoulds. Mm, exactly. It's just it, it is or it isn't, yeah. um, and you either are or you're not. Yeah. In, and, and I know that's yeah. black and white, but also there is the variables as well. You know, when I when I think about um, what I was just saying, you know, this comes down to your belief systems as well. Like mm-hmm. I'm speaking from a very clear belief and philosophy of of life the way that I see things the way that I am this is all how how I see the universe and the world and people and and the dynamic of it all and all of the intricacies Mm -hmm. but if if you know and if you're listening to this you're probably not but if you happen to be you know of a certain denomination or faith or have a set belief system You might not believe these things that I'm saying, Mm. you know, in terms of the soul contract and and being a healer and being able to create space and past lives and why you are who you are. I mean, if you're listening to our podcast, this is probably, there's probably not many people listening to our podcast that are like that, but... Mm Why I'm saying this is because you might have colleagues and be around people who are not like you and do not see it the way that you do. And that would also be obviously a very difficult dynamic to be around because you would be feeling that you also need to hold space for those people who don't see it the way that you see it. So if you've got um, a colleague who might be completely like, oh my gosh, you know, um i I thought I was here to save people's lives, and instead, I'm, you know, i I'm being a part of their death or I'm responsible or you know, if they're in that kind of downward spiral and and they're stuck in that way, and you know that their belief systems are different to yours or the way that they see life is different mm. to you. That can be so difficult. and And obviously, with all of the different people that work inside of the healthcare industry, you would have to come up against people who have conflicting values and belief systems. Oh, goodness, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's really important that we don't judge that other people's awareness of what is happening and perception of what is happening has anything to do with you as well. Mm. Don't
0: judge it or project your own.
1: Correct. And so when you, and and that's what I was just about to say, with, with the projection of, you know, judging or projecting your own, this is where um, holding space takes on like a like a bit of a spare room. It's kind of like a holding space plus plus an extra room. Mm. The room really is just for um, grace and faith. And so yeah. this is where that conversation comes in within yourself of giving that the meaning. If 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 you want to take this, take it by all means. If this helps, but giving that the meaning of well, this person has a belief system and a faith. That that has and no judgment has what you what you hope for them is a system of support and a system of understanding that allows them to process this for their highest good. Yeah, allows them to keep doing what they do. Correct, and don't take it on yourself to make it better for them because you know that there is an easier way. Mm-hmm you know like if we think about um confession or if we think about um um when people are repenting and you know when people if they're punishing themselves so it might be well I did something wrong and I could have done something better and so according to my religion or according to my faith I now have to you know pray for 21 days straight to this certain god or whatever all we need to do is um in ourselves to hold space for those people because they're our colleagues and they're the people that we're sharing these experiences with. Mm-hmm. To hold space for them, all we have to do is um, in some ways send love and light but mm-hmm. also um, really just recognise that in yourself that this is their choice, this is their experience and that as long as, um, well, not as long as but, from your perspective, all you are doing is is hoping for their highest good, mm-hmm. because that's all we should want for anyone. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, if you're having tough conversations, and perhaps you're listening to the way that they're say- that they're saying things, and it's triggering you, or it's upsetting you, and it's making you feel guilty for not repenting or for you know not you praying. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a you thing. But if if you're recognizing that, try and bring it back to this person is doing what they believe is for their highest good. I need to do what I believe is for my highest good and go and do that. Yeah. And, and so yeah, the meaning that you give something will always equal the emotion that you feel because you've got your conscious mind is your meaning and your subconscious mind is fed by your conscious mind majority of the time, unless you're an awakened person. So, what you're thinking and what the the meaning that you've given something of the experience and the way that you perceive it and process it consciously is always going to be reflected in how you feel about it. How you feel about it is always going to impact what you do about it and what you do about it is the self-care result. Mm. So how many times do we not do something but we're thinking and we're feeling it? And ultimately, in the end, that thinking, that feeling has got to have, because we haven't done anything physically about it, it's going to manifest in dis-ease or disharmony within the body, and we're going to be fatigued, we're going to get sick, we're going to get run down, we're going to be burnt out. Mm -hmm. So we need to make sure that the physical result, our action, is always showing us, always, without, without exception, always showing us what we're thinking and feeling about it. And so if you've got self-care in the top priority of your standard, you need to work your way backwards to arrive at a point where you start at, sorry, you you start at working your way backwards, you start at what you are doing. So not sleeping, not eating, withdrawn and tense and headache Mm -hmm. and frustrated in your body. Then we're emotionally feeling frustrated, angry, ashamed, guilty, all of those horrible emotions, low vibrational emotions, because we are thinking this of that experience. Mm -hmm. So what, what would be the ultimate for myself physically? That I would be gentle with myself, that I would nourish my body, that I would understand that I need sleep and that that's important for me, even if it means that I sleep in a different room tonight because I just need to just be by myself even if it means that instead of um having a shower before I go to bed I'm just going to go straight to bed whatever it is even though I advise having a shower always before bed to wash to wash the energy away but these this is the modified result that I want of self-care on the days when shit goes down at a a superior level Mm. um and so the emotion that I must be feeling is I'm emotionally accepting what's happening um, and, I'm be- and the emotions that I'm feeling is I I am being gentle and compassionate and kind with myself because what I have experienced is not normal. It's radical. It's exceptional. And it is, it is something that I get to be sad about, that I get to have emotions about, and that I get to process. Mm. I get to do that. And so in order to be be feeling those things, I must be thinking very rationally and very pragmatically in some ways in that this has happened for a reason. This was supposed to happen on the day that it happened. Maybe not how it happened. You know, maybe things could have been different, but the result was always going to be the same. And the way that things happened and how they happened is part of a different story. Completely. Mm. You know, those hows, the mechanics, they're related to the people that were in the room for their own soul lessons completely separate.
0: But yeah. ultimately,
1: what happened in this person's death and that the life wasn't saved and the worst possible outcome occurred, the worst possible outcome says who? According to the divine, it was the perfect outcome. It was the divine outcome, which is the complete opposite of the worst possible outcome, which is the complete opposite of failure. There is no success, but it was the divine plan. The plan has been executed and it has come full circle. That mm-hmm. is not a failure. It's only a failure to the human construct. It's only a failure to the medical system's views of life and death. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then it gets murky when you, um, you know, it sounds so clear cut the way you describe it. And when, you, when you're seeing things that perhaps could have been done, should have been done, weren't done. That sort of thing. That's, That's where individualized responses matter. But we're absolutely. not talking about that. We're talking about, say, my response, where there was absolutely nothing I could have done different. On coming that from deck, that place. Hey, yeah.
1: You know, we're also talking about yeah. the day of, not yeah. the next day. The next day is going to be very completely different. The next day, you're going to want to go to bed with a clear conscience. Mm. The next day, you're going to want to go to bed feeling maybe supported by your workplace. Mm -hmm. So how you must be feeling is going to be different. What you must be thinking is going to be different. But on the day of a trauma Mm. like that, Mm. on the day of what, to you is the worst possible outcome or a bad day. Mm. We need to change that. It doesn't mm. need to be seen that way on those days. Yeah. Subsequent days, in my opinion, there should be a protocol that follows suit from this day one, like D day of what we've just spoken mm. about. How I would deal with it. Yeah. to me, there needs to be probably another two weeks of you know of processing
0: this. Well, I think and that's, rewriting to me,
1: the process. Yeah.
0: Well, to me, that is what that's the meaning I associate with the word resilience is learning those tools in how to be emotionally responsible for yourself mm-hmm. and how to keep showing up and to learn from different things and learn those greater lessons and to keep doing what you're doing in a more informed response and then be able to hold that space for yourself and mm. for others. See, that's to me... Yeah.
1: The word for that is expansion and evolution.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, and it's all, um, it's all that's related. That's what the point of it is. Yeah.
1: Well, that that's the entire point for you. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's yeah. happened and to you for this reason exactly. The emotions when we're looking yeah. at, like you were saying, mm-hmm. resilience is such a a human word, absolutely, and emotions are so human. So when you're looking at when you're looking at even um, how to even view something that you've been through from a not quite a myopic view to have a a greater view, more eagle-eye approach of looking at all the processes at play, looking at how your responses may have influenced your reactions, but being able to take a step back and look at everything having that awareness especially from an energetic point of view um is something that made all the difference for me because for so long i was just operating purely on on flowing through things um and doing whatever i had to do to get whatever outcome that felt good or that that made me feel as though i'd done a good job in bunny years mm-hmm. rather than being able to step back and looking at all the processes at play, like I was so stuck for such a long time in just that, yeah, definitely martyr, definitely victim, definitely trying to do everything that I had judged was the right thing to do mm-hmm. as opposed to being able to see it from that energetic exchange response and not having to hold it all. Like that was just such a a uh, revelation for me to be like, I don't have to hold it all. What happens if I just put it down? It's all gonna fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
1: what you're doing is not holding space. Like you're you are holding the building. Like you are mm. you're 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 holding everything together. That's not holding space. You don't have to. Yeah. No, you
0: don't. You shouldn't. Yeah. You, you're not supposed no, to. Not supposed to. No. But to be so wound up to realise that's the only way and to not even think about what you're doing I think you know it was so destructive to have just gone on for so long doing all these things have no blue clue why just feeling like that's what I should be doing and then realizing nope
1: (laughs) yeah none of it and and also um when you were just talking it made me think too about when you said emotions are so human as well emotions exist in the subconscious mind and they have a frequency that they vibrate at that is deeply energetic and so you can think about this as when you walk into a room where you've just arrived and you can see that everybody is looking quite somber and you can feel the heaviness in the room Mm. and it's like who just died Mm -hmm. and you know excuse me for being so blunt but it's like did someone just die because Mm. everyone is so heavy or you walk into a room where you can just tell that the two people in the room had just had a massive argument you can feel the tension Mm. in the air yeah um and or when you walk into a room and everyone's kind of smiling and giggling and you can feel the the cheek in the air you know you can feel the the whimsical sacred play in the air and immediately you're like what's going on what are you doing here and that's because feelings are electromagnetic so it's like what you feel, I feel, what I feel, you feel, and it can yeah. be absorbed so easily. And so in a room where someone has just died, in a in a hospital room where someone has just died, and everyone is feeling sh- ashamed, angry, um, feel like a- at the system or what could have gone wrong, and everyone is projecting all of their judgment and their fears into that room, you better bet your ass and everything that I have that, you are also feeling things that are not yours. Mm. This is why that holding space for yourself is a must and why you should only let in what's for your highest good because when you're holding what's not yours, it can very quickly become yours and you can very quickly think that it should be yours or that it is yours Mm. because it won't leave. Yeah. You know, these, it's like a form of attachment in a way. It's Absolutely. drains of energy pinning themselves to you. It's yeah. like you're a pin board. Let it go. Mm. You, it is just because we are in a room where everyone like that's I I don't know whether I've said it on the podcast before, but I remember one of the last funerals that I've been to. Like I I don't feel the weight that everybody feels at a funeral. And it's so awkward because this one time that I went to this funeral, I saw someone that I knew that I didn't know knew the person who was at whose funeral it was, and I totally forgot where I was, and it was so I felt so terrible afterwards. But like I almost I, sh- I it may as I may as well have just yelled across to the chapel. And I smiled and I waved and I went, and I'm not going to say that person's name. Let's just say the name was Tracy. I was like, Tracy. <laughs> and I waved with a smile. I was like, hello. And it was so inappropriate. Mm. So inappropriate. Because I don't I don't fall into the space of the room. I don't see death the way that people see death. I just it's just such a different world for me to live in in, in so many environments where people are feeling a certain way and I just don't feel it. And so you've got to be really mindful about what do you actually feel? Are are you just following the masses? Are you just saying I feel this way because that seems appropriate or culturally appropriate or society's appropriation to what should happen at a funeral or what should happen when someone dies? Like why, why do we feel that we have to follow the masses all the time in situations that appear to to have a very black and white way of behaving like when someone dies. Mm. Am I making sense?
0: Yeah, you are. It's just um I was kind of stuck on your response at the funeral. It was um while you don't feel things the way that most people do, you're also you have such an awareness that other people do. So Correct. it was extremely Oh, sounds myself. horrible! Yeah, entertaining response that you would have had because yeah, you wouldn't have even realized at the yeah. time. Mm. And I
1: can't forget it. Like it's something mm. that has has really yeah, stuck it's obviously with me stuck since with then. You. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because mm. I I'm mortified at my lack of compassion at that point and my lack of awareness of other people's situations. And I don't know what it was. I don't mm. know what it was that 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 came over me to lose that sense of awareness and mm. respect and presence because that's what I do 24-7 is mm. always be aware of what everyone's going. And I'm modifying myself because I, it's not that I'm too much, but I'm very, very, very in nearly 99% of the times that I'm with people, I am in a whole different world all mm. the time. Mm. And I am, I am wear, not wearing, but I am, I am putting myself in these positions because that's how humans function
0: we're all infallible makes me love you more (laughs) (laughs) this has been an adventure um and I've and I've loved it I love talking about this sort of stuff so I hope it's landing with listeners as well so if you're holding space for yourself and others hold space for yourself first have a look at what you're doing and encourage you to be more deliberate about it that's
1: it you know and um Laura is doing some really amazing things slowly but surely and when you when you talked in the last episode about um how in the last few years you've had so many different role changes like Mm. you've changed a few Mm -hmm. roles in where you're at and from my perspective when today when you were talking about how the shifts in in your awareness of what what happens and what was happening for you and 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 in the situations that you were in previously, um, it's when you had those awakenings and those awarenesses hit that all of that started to change, and that's simply because you don't need to learn that lesson anymore and you've expanded and evolved past it and now you're into that teaching role, that guide role mm-hmm. where it's now your job, your one of your purposes to be able to ensure that you're spreading that light so that more people can be aware to that and awaken to that so they don't need to learn that lesson as well mm-hmm. so that eventually the tide will turn and slowly but surely Healers and the new generation of healers that come through will never have to experience what past generations of healers have had to experience, and they won't be burnt out and they'll be doing much better work. Much better work. Yeah. And so you need to honor yourself because Mm. you are a perfect example of someone who, as they learn, diligently applies and consciously and intentionally and deliberately tries the best they can to. Take what you're learning and absorb it with so much, um, so much gratitude and and a beautiful naivety that you have <laughs> when you when you just receive information. Um, and you're very conscious in that you don't just take it, you really think about it. And mm-hmm. you have your own thoughts about it, and you're you tease it and you process it, and then you allow it to sit in you, and then I see you move with it. And I can see you doing amazing things with it, and it's beautiful. So, if anyone's listening, oh, see thanks. Laura is kind of, you know, a, a bit of uh, a light along the way, and pe- people sh- should be looking at you and the light that you're carrying because you're you're doing it. You're actually doing it, and we are best qualified to serve the person that we once were. And there are mm. so many people out there in the healthcare industry that was the Laura that I knew a few years ago. And it is purely, simply your own self-belief, your own self-care and your awarenesses that have shifted and the fact that you're being intentional, deliberate and conscious with your life far more than you have ever been before. And you continue to show up and do that every day. And that's allowing you to have impact and it's allowing you to have impact at a obvious above you know, in clear sight view, but the impact that you're having on a deeper level for future generations is is going to be your legacy. Oh, you're
0: going to make me cry. Good. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank you. It was, it's beautiful to hear you say that. And, um, and that's what I, I am so passionate about, learning and sharing it and teaching that, you know. There's no point learning all this stuff if you don't get to pass it on. So that's, that's it. It's equal parts. Yeah, you're
1: yeah. an elder. You're becoming an elder in that in that space, and mm. it's your role. It's your duty. Mm. It's your honor, and it's your service. It's
0: Absolutely. your leadership. Yeah, um,
1: it's part of your purpose. It is. It's your heart. It's an expression of your spirit and mm. your soul. Yeah, and it's what your soul is here to do and expand. And it's it's an honor to witness, and it's beautiful to um, it's beautiful to be one of the lights in your life
0: to help you do that oh my goodness well I certainly wouldn't be here without you but that goes without I know saying. But that's <laughs> <it's> okay <laughs> <laughs> this podcast wouldn't be here nothing would, would uh, <laughs> we, we would all cease to exist <laughs> in this current form <laughs> so yeah my goodness thanks so much that's made me incredibly teary and um conscious of the time so I feel really yes. comfortable in winding this up now <laughs> but that's beautiful We've, I've got it on record now so I can, I can play that back at when I, whenever I need to fill my cup <laughs> oh
1: that's wonderful thanks it should be your standard now first thing in the morning just just yeah. play that little snippet <laughs> every morning it's like yeah, yeah set it to my alarm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, thanks, Maybe, Casey. Maybe yeah, I could do that. Maybe I could start a business where I just, like, give everyone, like, this this talk that I just gave for Laura and people can record it and then they can just play it and wake up to it whenever they need it. it.
0: There's <laughs> something in that. There's That's a brilliant idea, I reckon. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Instead of happy birthday to people, like, when you get, like, famous people oh, yeah. or celebrities and you pay them mm-hmm. to sing happy birthday to you or do a birthday shout-out, I'll just do, like, wake-up calls.
0: You are amazing. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. We love bringing Turns Out She's Psychic to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show.
1: As a thank you, we'll send you out some Tospy tattoos. We'll give you a Patreon shout out on the podcast. There's a monthly live Q&A, competitions and giveaways, as well as special book and movie
0: review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at TOSpsychic at gmail.com We welcome your ghost stories and any questions that you have for myself or Tracy.
1: And we'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your friends and family and give us a follow on Insta at turnsout underscore she's psychic.
0: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.